1: When Fraggle Rock came out, only two people out of my group of friends had HBO. Me and another friend whose name I won't reveal in this because the story is about them. I remember watching the previews for Fraggle Rock and thinking, wow, this thing looks great. And one day my friend was over, the other one who had HBO, and said, have you seen the show Fraggle Rock coming out? I said, yeah. He said, well, can I come over to watch it? I thought, that's kind of weird. You know, why wouldn't he just watch it at his own house? I didn't complain, he's my friend, so... He came over and we watched Fraggle Rock together. Later that week, we were with my other friends and I said, oh, Fraggle Rock's really good, and my other friends proceeded to make fun of me for watching a show that had Muppets in it at this age. I mean, we were still pretty young, but I guess the idea of puppets and all that stuff just wasn't going over that well. I looked to my friend for support, he'd watched this with me, and nothing. Then it occurred to me, he didn't want to watch it over at his house. Because then his brothers would know, and then maybe everyone else would know that he, too, was a fan of the Fraggles. I didn't rat him out there. Instead, Fraggle Rock became our thing, and he would come over to my house every week that Fraggle Rock was on, and we would watch it pretty much for the first two years. And as it turned out, I found out that he loved the Muppets, and had a ton of Muppet things, and could in fact do spot-on impersonations of Muppets. But when we were out in public, no way he would even mention that. Since then, my friend and I have gone our separate ways, and I haven't talked to him in double-digit years. But, even though I had to sit there and live with the public burden of being the only Fraggle fan, I have a great memory of sitting on a couch with my buddy, stuffing down handfuls of Applejacks, and watching Fraggle Rock. On today's show, we're going to talk about Jim Henson's Fraggle Rock. We're going to talk about the show's creation, its message, talk about the cast and characters, talk about everything that's gone on with the Fraggles outside of the TV show, and we'll talk a little bit about what's going to happen to the Fraggles in the future. Of course, this will be another information-packed episode, so without further ado, let's start the show. Fraggle Rock began in the fertile mind of Muppet genius Jim Henson. When Jim Henson first started thinking about the show, he had the idea to call it The Woozle Show. Luckily, that didn't stick. But what did stick was his vision for the show. What he wanted to do was create a fun and colorful world that is relatively complex, and that's quite visible with Fraggle Rock. It's a kid's show, but it has lots of characters with very complex relationships. And what he hoped to do was to demonstrate the symbiotic relationships between the different creatures in that world as an allegory to the human world. And what we would see is a world where each group is kind of unaware of what's going on with the other one, but yet they're all interconnected and have an influence on one another. And in the end, they kind of work in harmony. The show premiered on January 10th, 1983 and would run until March 30th, 1987 on Home Box Office in the United States. That's a total of 96 episodes. At the time, HBO was just a movie channel, unlike the HBO we have today, hence the name Home Box Office. And this foray with Jim Henson would be their first original series made specifically for the channel. The show might have been made for children, but it never pandered to them, and it wouldn't oversimplify any particular issue. Instead, it would show you an action and you would see the consequences of that action. Yet, even though the show had a realistic bent, it was also quite idealistic and extolled the virtues of being true to yourself and friendship and love, things that were the cornerstone of Jim Henson's work throughout the years. And in that aspect of his work, the Fraggles might have been the most pure expression. It's touched on in some of the Muppet movies, but it's never really the central theme of the entire movie.
0: Why don't you read something? Do I have to? Well, dinner's not ready for an hour. But the Fraggles are really fun. Wow, Fraggles! The center of the now reading
1: can be as enjoyable as watching Fraggle Rock on TV with the new Fraggle Rock Club. Jim Henson's family of Muppets make reading fun for your three to seven year old. Call now and get What's a Fraggle on approval for three ninety nine plus delivery, a free book, and this Fraggle Rock record and
0: tote bag. We'll send two books about every six weeks at three ninety nine per book. You can cancel after four more shipments. But Fraggles not to so read. He's finally found books he really likes. Discovering the Fraggle Rock Club is a terrific idea. With free gifts, it pays to join the Fraggle Rock Club. Call 1-800-USA-1000. TNT's got Fraggle Rock, and that's a Fraggle promise.
1: Weeknights at 7.30 Eastern on TNT. So a little bit about the Fraggles. The Fraggles are small humanoid creatures. They're about 22 inches tall. Not sure how many apples high that is. They have tails, and they come in all sorts of colors. They live in a natural cave system called Fraggle Rock. Fraggle Rock was designed by Michael Frith, who was Jim Henson's creative director. And he was inspired to make Fraggle Rock by the visits he had made to the Crystal Caves in Bermuda as a child. Now, the weird thing about Fraggle Rock is that it connects seemingly two completely different worlds. Our world on the outside, and then a, a completely different outside world. And so, either there's some sort of Middle Earth thing going on, or perhaps Fraggle Rock is sort of interdimensional. It's never truly explained. The Fraggle life is pretty nice, they spend most of their time playing, exploring, usually having a lot of fun. And they live on a diet of vegetables and doozer sticks. And we'll get a little bit into the doozers later. Getting to the core of the sharing and friendship, fraggles have this unique ability to share their dreams with one another. If they touch their heads together while falling asleep, one fraggle can enter the dream of another fraggle. And if multiple heads are touching, a whole gaggle of fraggle could enter somebody's dreams. Now, although there's lots of different Fraggles, the series focused on a small niche of close-knit friends. Gobo, Moki, Red, Wembley, and Boober. And we'll talk a little bit about the individual characters as we move forward and how they relate to one another. Inside Fraggle Rock is another species called the Doozers, who are about a fourth of the size of the Fraggles, and in almost every way are the opposite of Fraggles. I always had high sympathies for these creatures, but it was later explained that without the Fraggles, the Doozers would have a lot of problems. See, Doozers spend most of their time constructing all manner of pointless scaffolding throughout Fraggle Rock, and they use little miniature construction equipment. It's very adorable. Now, to ensure that they always have a steady stream of work, which is what they love to do, the Doozers make their constructions out of an edible candy, which is manufactured from radishes, which the Fraggles love. That way the Fraggles will eat their constructions, and then they will always have some more to do. There's an episode where the Fraggles stop eating the Doozer's constructions because Moki thinks it's unfair, but then the place starts to fill up with Doozer constructions, and they don't know what to do with themselves after a while. There's even this really sad scene where a mother Doozer explains to her daughter that they needed to go find a new place to live, somewhere where their constructions would actually be eaten. And there you go, you're seeing more of that idea of symbiosis where it's very important that one species might not understand the other, but that they relate to one another. Eventually, Moki is convinced that Fraggles need to eat doozer constructs and the Fraggles resume eating. Although the doozers are not heavily explained, there are a couple of episodes that have a doozer as a central figure. Usually that main character is a female doozer named Cotterpin. There was actually a series of books written about the Fraggles, and one of them featured a doozer called The Legend of the Doozer Who Didn't. And in that book, it talks about a doozer who stopped being like a doozer, wouldn't build, but instead wanted to just play all day. And in that world, that doozer becomes a fraggle, which I think is funny since you would think that the fun would be the playing all day, but not for the doozers. Now, if fraggles live to play,
0: doozers live to work. Doozers stand
1: about knee-high to a fraggle. They're a hard-working little folk. The greatest joy in a doozer's life is to get up in the morning, put his hard hat on, and take his place in the doozer work crew. Doozers mine radishes, which they grind up and form into a building material called doozer sticks. With doozer sticks, they build intricate crystalline structures all over fraggle rock. Beautiful, intricate structures which the fraggles eat. Another species that interacts with the Fraggles are the Gorgs. Now, as I was saying, there's kind of two dimensions. Our real world out here, and then this world of the Gorgs. And the Gorgs are these giant humanoids that stand 22 feet tall. And there's three of them. The king and queen of the universe, as they call themselves, and their son, Junior, who is their prince and heir. When the Fraggles need radishes, it's the Gorgs' garden in which they go to to get them. Interesting little fun fact about the Gorgs. They were so complex that they required two people to work these giant puppets. One actor to perform in costume and a puppeteer to do the voice and operate the face by radio control. Previously, when they had a big Muppet in the past and they wanted to have facial expressions, the puppeteer would be using one hand to control the face and the other one would control one arm, leaving the other arm just flopping around. Also in this Gorg world is a sentient garbage pile called Marjorie, and she has two sidekicks, Philo and Gunge, who we'll talk about a little bit later. The other species that inhabits the world is us, humans, and the Fraggles are exposed to them in two ways. One is the adventures of Traveling Matt, who's a Fraggle who has left Fraggle Rock to explore our world, which he refers to as outer space, and the other is the people who live in the workshop right outside Fraggle Rock, and that changes from country to country. But in the U.S., it was Doc and his very intelligent dog, Sprocket, who lived there. In the U.K. version of the show, Fraggle Rock actually exited into a lighthouse, and the person who ran it wasn't named Doc, but instead was named Captain. Now let's talk a little bit about these characters who make up Fraggle Rock. We'll start off with the people we were just talking about, Doc and Sprocket. Doc was played by Gerard Parks and he inhabits a workshop that contains a hole that leads to Fraggle Rock. He's an inventor and tinkerer who builds these improbable Rube Goldberg-esque machines. The thing that's interesting about him is that he never spots the Fraggles, despite the fact that his very aware dog, Sprocket, who was voiced by Steve Whitmire, seems to spot them all the time and tries his best to alert Doc that something's going on. At the very beginning of Fraggle Rock... Travelin' Matt, who is Gobo's uncle, decides to leave Fraggle Rock, and he's considered the Fraggles' greatest explorer, and in an odd twist, different from other Fraggles, he feels the need to explore the world, to see the outside, as opposed to just staying in and enjoying the creature comforts. Because Matt has Fragglish eyes, he sees the world in a very different way, and most of the time his interactions with the outside world are quite humorous. Travelin' Matt would be voiced by David Goles, his nephew, Gobo Fraggle was voiced by Jerry Nelson. Gobo is the leader of the main Fraggles in the story that we see from week to week. He's got a little bit of Uncle Matt's explorer bug in him and spends most of his days charting the unexplored regions of Fraggle Rock. Gobo is one of the braver of the Fraggles because week after week he needs to retrieve a postcard from Travelin' Matt, which is in the workshop one of my favorite fraggles is Wembley Fraggle. And Wembley is voiced by Steve Whitmire, who also did the voice of Sprocket. In Fragglish, which I imagine most of you don't speak, to Wemble is to be so unable to make up one's mind that it is ridiculous. And Wembley fits that to a T. Wembley is best friends and roommates of Gobo, and is a great friend and incapable of being dishonest. What I always liked is a little bit about his shirt, that he has two of the exact same shirt, because if he had any other type of clothes, he'd never be able to get out of bed in the morning and decide what he wanted to wear. A fan favorite in the Fraggle world is Boober Fraggle, who is voiced by the same guy who does Traveling Matt, David Goles. Boober is a bit of a cynic. As he says, there's only two things in this world that are certain, death and laundry, and he thinks about both of them all the time. The good thing about Boober's negative attitude is that When there's trouble around, he could spot it a mile away. Red Fraggle, another very popular Fraggle, was voiced by Karen Prell, and Red Fraggle is a whirlwind of activity. She's all about athletic pursuits and is a real tomboy. Sometimes that energy can be a bit off-putting, and her enthusiasm can be a bit overbearing, but even though she can be impetuous, she will still listen to her friends who most of the time keep her out of trouble. Karen Prell, who did the voice of Red, had auditioned for the role of Moki. And Jim Henson called her saying, hey, you were great, but we want you to play Red. And she couldn't believe it. She thought, wow, why would I want to be Red? I'm so Moki. But that role went to Catherine Mullen. Moki is the artist and philosopher of Fraggle Rock. She's the one who observes nature. And she's also responsible for getting the radishes that feed the fraggles. So she's the one who bravely goes into the garden all the time to get it. Out in that garden, as I said, were the Gorgs, and probably the one that everyone knows the best is Junior Gorg, who gets his R's and W's mixed up. He's a bit dim-witted, but in general, he's pretty good-natured. Eventually, he would make friends with Gobo in the episode "Board Stiff, and this would lead to much more friendly interactions in the latter seasons of the show. Ma Gorg is the mother of the Gorg family and the self-proclaimed queen of the universe. Ma is a sentimental one, but can be commanding when she wants to. Now, Pa likes to act like he's the ruling patriarch, but it's really Ma who calls the shots in the Gorg family. As I mentioned, Pa Gorg is the father of the Gorg family and the self-proclaimed king of the universe. Now, he might seem bumbling, but in the show he shows some wisdom and his kingly nature asserts itself from time to time. He has a tendency to yell at Junior, which could be a bit off-putting, and doesn't have much of a soft streak for the Fraggles at all. As I mentioned, there's another character in the Gorg world, and that is Marjorie the Trash Heap. The Trash Heap is very wise and acts as an oracle for the Fraggles, and the Fraggles will actually go to her to get advice. She seems to actually have some special powers amongst them, telepathy and the ability to teleport objects and Fraggles. Jerry Nelson provided the voice of Marjorie. What would an oracle be without some heralds? And Marjorie's heralds are Philo and Gunge. Both of them are just sort of braying idiots. But they accomplished the job of comic relief with a remarkable aplomb. Philo was voiced by David Goles, and Gunge was voiced by Richard Hunt. Does this sound familiar? That is the theme to Fraggle Rock, and I could sing that song with my eyes closed after the first showing of Fraggle Rock. Originally, that bit at the end, where Boober says down in Fraggle Rock, was not supposed to be used all the time. They had actually filmed five alternative endings using the main five Fraggles saying the line, but the one with Boober was so popular that they decided to use it fairly consistently. In the episode, The Terrible Tunnel, they used the one... With Wembley, and in the episode The Finger of Light, they would use the one with Gobo, but never any of the other characters. Down Now, music was a very important part of Fraggle Rock, and in every episode, you could count on some original music, and those songs were co-written by Dennis Lee and Philip Balsam. On October 30th, 2007, Koch Records, K-O-C-H Records, released Fraggle Rockin' a Collection, which was a three-disc box set of Fraggle Rock music. Now, I've never seen this box set before, but I'm very interested in it now. It's supposed to contain remastered versions of all three original Fraggle Rock LPs, and have a bunch of special liner notes that that have rare photos and information about the songs, which pull heavily from interviews with Philip Balsam. Henson had learned from his Sesame Street days that the things that he makes play well in other countries. So unlike, say, Sesame Street, Fraggle Rock was made with an international market in mind. They thought, well, the bulk of the world should consist mostly of puppets, which could easily be dubbed into other languages, and then the human wraparound segments, like the stuff with Doc, could be shot separately for each nation, so that way children from around the world could enjoy the Muppets. And that's exactly what happened. As I mentioned, it was in the UK, but co-production also happened in France and in Germany. In all, 90 countries would show versions of Fraggle Rock in 13 languages. And this is quite a claim. In 1989, it became the first Western show to be seen officially in Russia.
0: If you go through Doc's workshop and sneak past his clever dog, Sprocket, you'll enter the amazing underground world of Jim Henson's Fraggle Rock. Fraggles! Did you say Fraggles? What's a Fraggle? Fraggles are the fun loving, game playing, song singing furry creatures that play all day long. Okay, maybe a little slower. There's Gobo, Adventure's and Moki, who is amazed by the whole world. Come on, everybody, run Rushes! Rushes! Whoa! Whoopee! There's one the calm one. And red, who is always ready for a challenge. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, I bet I come in first. Whoa. And then there's Boober, who is well, Boober. Me. Sorry. <laughs> oh, radishes are my life. Uh, right. Just don't get caught at the gourds when you're visiting their radish garden. You won't get into my garden or my name's not Junior. <laughs> you fellow! I said, don't get caught. Busy doozers, architecture is meant to be enjoyed, and Gobbo's adventurous uncle traveling. Matt is brave enough to explore the real world. Uh, excuse me, sir. Oh, sorry. Don't forget the all knowing trash heap, the pipe bangers, the minstrels. There's a whole world of music, laughter, and magical wonder just beyond the wall. Oh, oh, oh. It's always exciting, Fraggle Rock. Jim Henson's Fraggle Rock. Oh. Now available on VHS and DVD. From your friends at Hit Entertainment. Down at, Down at Fraggle Rock. Down at Fraggle Rock.
1: Now let's talk a little bit about the arc of the Fraggle seasons. As I said, the first episode aired on January 10th, 1983, and the final episode aired on March 30th, 1987. Season 1, introduced the characters. We get to see where everybody is and where they're from. You get to notice the different species that live around Fraggle Rock and the symbiosis between them. Also at the time, you're introduced to some secondary characters who would become popular, namely like the Storyteller, Convincing John, and the world's oldest Fraggle. In Season 2, now that the Fraggle universe has been established, we get to play around with the different characters. The trash heap gets moved to the other side of the garden, we find out that Boober actually has kind of split personalities. We meet the first fully developed doozer character Cotterpin. In season three, we explore Fraggle mythology, and we find out how dependent the trash heap is on Philo and Gunge. We learn about the origins of traveling Matt and the history of the doozers. As season four and five come together, all the different threads are pulled together and we learn just so much more about The Fraggles. Sprocket actually visits Fraggle Rock in this season, and Traveling Matt comes back home. Huge moment for me. Cotterpin defends the Fraggles, and the Doozers start to give the Fraggles much more respect, and in this season, Junior gets his chance to be king. Finally, a big moment happens when Gobo finally meets Doc face-to-face. After the show ended in 1987, it immediately started to rerun the series. Then it would also start running on TNT, and in the early 90s, it would start airing on the Disney Channel. From 99 until 2001, the show would be seen on the Odyssey network. In 2007, Boomerang started repeating episodes of the North American co-production of Fraggle Rock over in the UK, and in October of 2007, the Australian Broadcasting Corporation began repeating episodes on the digital-only ABC2. In Canada... It has been aired on Teletoon Retro daily since 2008. Now, if you've missed these or haven't been able to pick up any of these channels, don't worry. Fraggle Rock has been released on DVD. Took a long time, but it finally leaked out completely. Starting on September 6, 2005, and the complete final season coming out on November 3, 2009, with a box set coming out the next day. Each season has a different offering, but amongst some of the cool stuff are some documentaries narrated by Jim Henson and a bunch of featurettes that give you more of an insight into the Fraggle world. Now, the Fraggles might have gone off the air, but but their reach extends beyond the television set. As I said, there was a series of books about the Fraggles released, but the Fraggles also made the jump to comic books. In the Marvel imprint Star Comics, they published not one but two series of Fraggle comics. The first lasted eight issues and the second just six. In September of 1987, Fraggle Rock the Animated Series premiered on NBC. The Animated Series followed the same formula as the HBO series and included the same theme song, but most of the episodes consisted of two 15-minute stories as opposed to one single 30-minute story, although there were a couple of those peppered in. Plus, as a bonus, it carried on the tradition of original songs, usually about one per episode for the animated series. Traveling Matt was brought back for the series, and while the rest of it was animated, his stuff was still done in the original puppet version, and usually sandwiched the content of the show. Probably the most noticeable difference of the show was instead of having Doc played by a human or showing him fully animated, they would just show him from the neck down in the same way they show Nanny in Muppet Babies. In 2005, we were told that work was being done on Fraggle Rock the movie, and supposedly it has slowly but surely been creeping forward. In 2008, the Weinstein Company announced that they would be distributing the Fraggle Rock movie and that it would be produced by the Jim Henson Company, and that all the main characters from the series would be brought back for the movie, and that the characters will have to leave Fraggle Rock and interact with the human world, who, of course, they think are aliens, based on what Travel and Matt told them. Karen Prell and David Goltz returned to the film as Red Fraggle and Boober Fraggle. As of last year, the movie was in production, and according to what everyone is saying... We could look forward to seeing it at some point in 2011. Now, even though they're going to have humans in the movie, no CGI, which I like, the role of Doc, which had been played by Jerry Parks, will not be reprised by him. Instead, they'll have another actor in that role. Now, I love The Muppet Show and almost anything that Henson does, but Fraggle Rock really is the jewel in The Muppet Crown. It is a pure construct of the thinking of Jim Henson and has this great core philosophy that never wavers. The idea that all these worlds are interconnected and that we depend on one another is a great message to teach anyone, especially when it's done in a non-complicated fashion like they did for the Fraggles. Now, I've actually owned the Fraggles on DVD and had finished watching the series from beginning to end last year. And then just the other day, I was flipping through Netflix streaming and noticed there it was again, Fraggle Rock Season 1 on Netflix streaming. I instantly took it on and had it on in the background while I do other things. I'm just finishing up season one, probably going to start season two again, this time on the DVDs. If you haven't seen Fraggle Rock, it works for adults. If you have kids who haven't seen it, pick it up today, watch it with them, they will love it. If they don't, you might want to consider returning them from where they came. Thanks for listening to the show. For more retro fun, drop by the website at www.retroist.com. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter. I'm at twitter.com slash Retroist and facebook.com slash Retroist. If you like the art that you see from week to week on the podcast, it's done by Christopher Tupa. You can find more of Christopher Tupa's work at ctupa.com. That's C-T-U-P-A dot Thanks for listening to the show, and I hope you have a great weekend. Mm-hmm. down in Fraggle Rock. This has been a RetroWiz Production.
0: Goodbye.